Hi, I'm Bryna. Welcome to episode 25 of the Run by Nature podcast. Today I had the pleasure to chat to Soraya about exercise. And when I asked Soraya to talk about exercise and fitness, she said she wasn't sure she had much to talk about. But as you will hear today, we all have a relationship with movement. And our experiences, emotions and thoughts around movement are all unique. And therefore, our workouts should be just as unique and individual as we are. It really doesn't matter what someone else is doing. You're the only one that matters. Despite what Karen or your left brain tries to tell you. Soraya has an incredible amount of self-awareness. Which she brings into her love of CrossFit and art, writing an incredible work in empowering women and those left on the outside. From founding all the elements and all her other pursuits, Soraya is connecting herself and other humans to nature and reminding us all about how wonderful this planet is and how we all belong in the outdoors. So what's your journey and relationship like with movement and the outdoors? Let me know at RambyNature and tag me using the hashtag RambyNaturePodcast. Hello. Hello. Sorry, how are you? I am good, thank you. Um, I just realised I didn't watch the uh, How to Be a Good Guest video, so <laughs> you'll have to, have to call me up on that if I'm not great at it. <laughs> I'll give you a mark out of 10. Mm-hmm. I look forward to that. <laughs> I'm not sure exactly what a bad guest would be, though, like what the criteria is. Probably not talking, maybe, and <laughs> giving one-word answers. I don't know. It's just being generally disruptive. Yeah, exactly. Interrupting the questions and uh, and all that sort of thing. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> How's your week been so far? Um, good. I've had, like, a really busy couple of weeks um but uh yeah all like really interesting fun things but just a lot going on so I'm hoping that um I'd like a day off (laughs) (laughs) I think everyone feels like that though right yeah um so we'll see whether I can uh what's it called manifest that if I say it enough yeah the universe will bring it to you Exactly. <laughs> and was um, Rory missing you? Oh, <laughs> I don't think so. He, um, I, I, I tried to pick him up from my mum's house yesterday and um, he was pleased to see me. But then when I tried to leave with him, he was like, uh, where do you think you're taking me? <laughs> <laughs> I like it much better here. I was like, Aww. okay. Um, but yeah, he loves my mum and he stayed with my grandma on Sunday as well. And he absolutely loves my grandma. So he has a he has a pretty good life, really. That's good. I love seeing the pictures of him. <laughs> I know he's a he has his own fan base, I think. Um, I don't think I would uh, have as many people following me if I didn't have Rory on there. I need to make sure that I drop him in occasionally. I'm like, <laughs> the dog's still here. Please don't go away. <laughs> Um, but yeah anyway how are you yeah good I'm well thank you I like your funky tree behind you yeah 
Well, I've got a Christmas tree here, and then that's just a random tree, and then the cats are sleeping in their tree. <laughs> Nature inside. Yeah, I like to have some green around me, some green space. Living in the Middle East, it's obviously not as common and it's not around us as much as, you know, back home. So I like to try and bring some inside. Yeah, amazing. <laughs> mm. Well, obviously I know a little bit about you from all the elements and also from your social media, but you have quite a diverse, I would say, set of interests and roles from expedition to sustainability, travel, outdoor exercise, even your art. And I love your art. Um, Thank you. I was looking at the, I love the bumblebee and all the the animals and how you bring nature Mm. in through your artwork as well. So would you just like to tell people a little bit about you and those interests? Um, I think you probably did a much more concise job than what I can do because I always end up going on like a bit of a tangent. Um, But um, yeah, so I am a writer and artist and um, I focus most of my work on sustainability, nature and the outdoors, as you mentioned. Um, It's been a bit of a transition for me to lead with those things because I always feel like we always put the creative side like a little bit further down our our list right it's kind of like I do this and I do this and I do this and also I sort of do this um but those are kind of my those are my core core loves and the core things that I bring to um a lot of my work but I also work as operations manager for um an organization called X Expedition where we do all women sailing trips looking at plastics and toxics in the ocean all over the world um, and we have an amazing international community working to create change on that, which is uh, which is great. And I've worked for X Expedition for um, or with X Expedition for a really long time now, since 2016. And um, then last year, uh, around my freelance writing and uh, my work with my art, I um, kind of accidentally started uh, what is now a nonprofit. <laughs> <laughs> which when I say that it sounds ridiculous but <laughs> um that is kind of what happened um I was uh basically during Black Lives Matter when all of that happened and um the world exploded with the conversation I realized that although I've spoken a lot about role modeling um especially around women um in different spaces and Uh, how important it is and how if you can't visualize somebody who looks like you in those spaces um, then you might not be inclined to move within those circles or feel welcome or feel like it's a place where you can be Um, I wasn't actively doing that myself which when I realized that I thought how absolutely ridiculous like how can I be saying this to people all the time how can I be talking about it all the time how can I be um, particularly at the time like a uh, a women's advocate and um, not be doing it and it's because like a lot of people I think um, I wasn't that keen on like putting my face out there on things because there's um, 
a lot of uh, judgment around what people should look like. And um, I know that it's probably something that we'll touch on later. Uh, mm. And although I feel pretty comfortable within my own skin now, um, I also didn't really feel like the sort of person who would put selfies on social media and talk necessarily and shout about the work I was doing and all of that sort of thing. So I made a commitment to do that. And it's far more complicated than that, as I'm sure everyone knows. And uh, it was really hard. <laughs> and I thought, I want to talk to other people who are also looking to create change in these areas. Like there are lots of people across lots of different diversity areas who are trying to um, role model, but are also trying to introduce people to different spaces and places that they can be and tackling different diversity areas and working within organizations to create change. And I wanted to talk to those people and I thought there must be a network for it. And then what I discovered was that it didn't exist. And everyone I spoke to said it was a good idea. And I got this, uh, as I've said previously, like this really bad feeling where I was like, oh no, I'm gonna have to actually do this. <laughs> like I can't just leave it now. <laughs> like I've opened this can of worms and um, it feels like it need there needs to be a space for this. And so, yeah, so that's mm -hmm. what I now spend um, a lot of my time doing as well, which is actually amazing. Like I get to talk to really amazing people doing amazing things. Um, we've got a number of different projects on the go, which hopefully will help and support those community group leaders in creating more change um, and looking at more peer-to-peer -peer learning as well so that everyone can better serve like everyone within their communities, because obviously none of us are one thing. Um, we're all multiple different things. So, so yeah, so I guess that's kind of, a, it's quite a long-winded answer to your question. Um, uh, but hopefully that covers it. <laughs> yeah, it does. And I think that there's a few things that are really important. I'd like to pick up, and I know we'll talk about today and what you said. I guess, firstly, going back to your point about people don't generally lead with, you know, I'm a creator, I'm passionate about this, and I love this. And it's something that I have now learned to ask instead of, you know, what job do you do or what role do you do? Because often that limits that person and assigns them to a specific role and kind of puts them in a box, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. Rather yeah. than actually thinking about what they love doing and, and what skills they have. And I think that now more people are understanding that if they love something and they have a passion for it they can take those skills and then a lot of the time you can learn you can google as you said you can work with other people you can find out how to set up these you know programs organizations communities and groups and you can then kind of diversify can't you across a number of of different areas and I really love how you bring all of that together across all those platforms of your work and championing championing <laughs> women within those within those sectors and and those that are seen as the outside because you did the the recent outsider summit didn't you um, where you spent was it a weekend outside with a group of people yeah so um the outsider summit was ended up being actually for most people about two and a half days so People turned up on Friday afternoon and um, some people left on Sunday night and some people left on Monday morning. Um, but it was bringing together uh, community group leaders working on increasing 
access and representation for people of color within different outdoor activities. So um, we did uh, climbing with Carlos from Color Up, um, which is a group based in Bristol. We did um, trail running with Black Trail Runners with uh, Rachel and Sabrina from Black Trail Runners. Uh, we did swimming, wild swimming um, with Omi from Swim Unity. Um, and we did mountain biking with Anila and Joe uh, from Go Where Scotland. And then we did a hike with Marlon from We Go Outside Too. And the premise was that um, these community group leaders could share their activities with other people because quite often you end up in your silo of your activity and you're working to create change in that area that firstly you don't get to meet other people looking to create change which is like the whole point of all the elements in the first place it's like you get to meet other people doing the same thing as you um but also that you could experience the outdoors in a completely different way as a beginner through these other activities and um and we also invited governing bodies so we had uh british cycling mountain training and uh swim england joined us on the saturday afternoon as well uh and they presented um in a more informal way but they presented their diversity policies and kind of like what they were looking and doing moving forward and uh then we had a conversation with the group um on what our reflections were as people operating in the outdoors like were these were these policies actually going to be things that were um appealing or in our experience would work and there was an opportunity to challenge but also to to learn and make suggestions and it was just felt like it was a really special experience i think um and i've been doing feedback calls actually over the last couple of weeks and yeah it is it is something that the people who joined us really like really really got a lot from which i'm really pleased about and the governing bodies have also taken a lot away from it and are looking at how they're going to work with community group leaders who were there and how they are um, going to maybe change some of the things that they were planning on doing moving forward so yeah it's really exciting um and it was fun which is you know all of these <laughs> things can be fun as well as impactful <laughs> Yeah, that's really great to hear. And I guess prior to that, there was a lack of conversation and communication between those creating the policies and the groups and the people who are actually affected and who matter. And it's all good and well, isn't it, having a, a diversity and inclusion policy or, or putting a person of colour on your trail running magazine or you know, cycling Instagram page but if you're not having those conversations and you're not including those people in creating those mm. policies, guidelines, et cetera, then you're never going to have the, the impact. So it's great to hear that, that that occurred. And I guess, you know, that must be something that you as community leaders, group leaders and organisation leaders have to make sure before you partner with those governing bodies and organisations that their intentions are, are true and honest and that it's not just being used as a PR strategy or, you know, some kind of tokenism and that it is actually for, you know, genuine change um, within yeah. the area. Um, and then from a personal point of view, I know you've called yourself an extrovert on your, on your social media previously, um, but you said even, you know, as an extrovert, 
doing that work and, and being involved in those kind of weekends, as much as it was fun, which is great to hear, you also need that downtime. And obviously at the beginning of the conversation, you mentioned about taking time off. So how do you kind of balance, you know, making sure that you're filling your own cup up and obviously you are an extrovert, so maybe you do thrive in those situations, but, um, you know, obviously you need time for yourself and it must be, you must have to give a lot in those situations. Mm -hmm. It must be quite energy sapping in some ways. So how do you kind of look after yourself? You know, it was World Mental Health Day a couple of days ago. Um, That's a great question. And I'm, the uh, the truth is I'm actually not very good at it. (laughs) (laughs) I try really hard, but I'm really not very good at it. Um, I find diversity work exhausting. It is exhausting. And depending on how the conversations go or uh, the depth of knowledge of the people you're talking to or what they are expecting from you, um, it is it's hard. Um, And it's not an area that I necessarily uh, worked a lot in previously. Like I was I was doing my own work and my own learning, but I wasn't doing a lot of vocalising around it apart from apart from around women like I did talk about that a lot but I felt like I had mm-hmm. um more experiences in that area I had done um when I went back to uni to do my master's my uh dissertation was on authentic leadership for women it was an area that I knew a lot about so I felt like I could talk a lot about it but actually um diversity is a very complicated subject and is something that for a long time I didn't know. I knew my own experiences, but I didn't know a lot about the landscape. So um, I have done Mm -hmm. a lot of personal work on it, but then I wasn't talking to other people about it and talking to other people about it is a lot. Um, Mm -hmm. So uh, I try to, when I get very overwhelmed, I'm very busy at the moment, um, but when I get very overwhelmed, um I try to go back to the things that kind of center me which are um nature being in nature is something that does it for me um exercise like regular exercise which is something that for a really long time I didn't recognize how much um impact that had on me um and also uh like finding time for art which is the thing that I always um struggle with because i do a lot of uh, writing as part of my work but my art is more of an expression that I do as like my own personal thing that I then share so it's not the I don't prioritize it enough um in those in that list of things but as long as I can get some combination of those things then I tend to be okay but I need to I need to get better at that So going back a little bit then, you mentioned, you know, you did a master's, you've looked at leadership for women and you were quite confident in those spaces. Where did your sort of love for the outside and your passion for trying to create more space for women in these areas begin? So um, I have always been outside and my particularly my mum's side of the family, very outdoorsy um very like in nature we would go for walks regularly we would visit the coast regularly um I was absolutely horse mad as a child and so I started riding when I was five 
Um, I kind of like bullied, bullied my parents into it really. Um, and so I would spend a lot of time outside, um, with horses, which was an incredibly privileged experience to be able to have, but also, um, really hard work. <laughs> that was back when you used to actually be able to like volunteer at stables and I would spend all my time volunteering and things like that. Not when I was five, just to point out, but when I was a bit older than five, <laughs> um, so that was um that experience and um yeah I just have I've always loved it and um so it never was really a question for me about going outside and doing outdoor activities in the same way that I would never have thought anything like I had a mountain bike when I was a kid I would just you know go out to the woods with my cousins um and be in those spaces and do those things and I'd never go walking I never really thought about it as being something that wasn't possible for people um mm. and because of that because of that love I started um I worked in the equestrian industry actually for a really long time um which is funny now because sometimes when I talk about horses people are like oh you you know things about horses I'm like I know more things about horses than anyone should ever know about horses um so <laughs> I I worked in that area for a really long time but I felt like I wasn't creating enough change positive change um I just had this really deep feeling that I was like what is the purpose of this like I was working for an equestrian magazine and that was amazing it was like my dream job what's the purpose though where how am I creating change here and it came back to this idea that I'd always been interested in conservation um, we used to watch like obviously all of the David Attenborough documentaries at home and all of those sorts of things so I'd already like immersed in it um, and so how could I take the skills that I got from the jobs that I'd done and how could I go on to create change in those areas um, and then through that process also looking at I mean women actually are not necessarily underrepresented in sustainability women of color are but not necessarily women, but women generally are underrepresented in leadership positions across the board. Like we know that. Um, and why is that? And how can we work to diversify boards and how can we create change within management structures? And how can we celebrate the fact that we need to hear from everyone in order to be able to cater to everybody? It's just been something that has been like a dual interest to me like how can we how how can we create change across all these areas but specifically for me nature outdoors sustainability because those are like my passions for other people it will be tech um and innovation or it will be industry or engineering um but for me those are my areas how can i how can i work to create change and that's kind of where that where that came from and just seeing I've always found it really upsetting is not the right word, but I find it really hard when you meet women, amazing women doing amazing things and they play them down. Mm. Right. And they've done these epic, epic things and they're playing them down. And I'm like, why are you playing them down? You like, don't say just don't say I only mm. did this. I only did that. Um, you have done epic things just because maybe the mainstream isn't recognizing that that is an epic thing doesn't mean that you shouldn't be shouting about it still just because people are telling you you're being too loud or too bossy doesn't mean you shouldn't be talking about it and I just I like I found that dynamic just really I 
frustrating because I just wanted to shout about what everyone was doing. Um, and also for like, also in a personal point of view, right? I, I want to be able to say, I've done this thing. And that's been a process for me in the same way as it is for anybody else. I have achieved this. I still find it hard. Like I got this and I did this and it was mm. amazing because we're not, and especially, um, I had a, I had an amazing, um, boss and mentor in my first job. And, uh, she said to me that she found the, the difference between, uh, British people and American people like she found it, it was like light and day in terms of like talking about yourself and promoting yourself and selling yourself and she said you come to like the UK and everyone's like oh yeah you know you should just know my worth because you know here's my CV um rather than being like I'm amazing and these are all the things I can do for you um so that's something that I think we we have also internalized um as a nation is yeah. that it should just be obvious <laughs> we, we shouldn't have to say it <laughs> yeah we should somehow telepathically or like via osmosis just be able to absorb you know what that mm -hmm. person has done uh, yeah I think we can definitely learn a lot can't we from the US in their branding and and mm -hmm. personal PR yeah they certainly yeah. are very good in in those spaces it's fascinating background and you know, you spoke there a little bit about your childhood, going out to the woods, feeling very at home in the outdoors and it feeling very normal within your upbringing. Then becoming an adult and kind of realising that women do internalise those thoughts and feelings and, you know, we don't put ourselves out there. And then uh, people of colour, it's even you know worse for them in terms of the... Um, the self-promotion, the ability to shout about what they've done, perhaps more uh, narratives and um, stigmatism around them being a certain way and being even more bossy and aggressive. And, you know, we've, we've all seen the headlines of, of sports women in those spaces and, you know, what kind of names that they get called. So did your perception of, of you in the outside and these spaces change when you were an adult? You know, have you ever felt like, an outsider that's a great question and actually I have I've never felt like an outsider and I think that is um a lot to do with my privilege and where I sit within the space like I have had those previous experiences where I've basically grown up in an environment where I've accessed the outdoors a lot I've done a lot of different outdoor activities and um you know my family had the the means to be able to support me in doing those um, I live in a place where I can access the outdoors easily. Um, I've never had anyone tell me I can't, which I think is like a massive thing. I've never had anyone question that. Like nobody's ever said to me, like, why would you want to do that? It's just always been something that is fine. Um, and I also don't really care, um, what people think, <laughs> which I think is like, uh, has grown but it has always been there mm. within the outdoor space, if that makes sense. Like I, I'm more outraged. I'm not, I don't feel like an outsider when I see things happen or people say things to me. I'm just like, how dare you say that to me? Like, how mm. dare you think that? Like, that is so ridiculous. Why would you do that? But that is my, that's my personality. And I also think that that is one of the reasons why I felt like it was so important to start stepping up into this space 
and really leaning into the conversation because I am the sort of person who will call you out on it. And I do feel a responsibility to, because I'm, uh, it doesn't harm me to do that. Do you, do you, if you see what I mean, I feel like yeah. I now have a very established career. I am recognized for um, my skills and what I can do in different spaces. Um, me standing up and saying, this is a problem, we need to do something about it is not necessarily, I mean, it always can go go the wrong way, right? But is is not some, I'm not scared about that causing issues for me. Mm. If you don't, if you don't get it and that doesn't resonate with you, then let's have a deeper conversation about it or maybe th that's fine you do you I'm I'm not here to talk to you I'm here to talk to the people who do want to create change and do want to do different things and if that means that you don't want to hire me for something or that you don't want to work with me for something that's on you fine there are other people I can work with and there are other places I can go so but that is again that's an incredibly privileged position but then I need to mm -hmm. use that privilege to do good things I can't just sit with it and just be happy with it I need to I need to create change Otherwise, how are we going to see change? Yeah, yeah, 100%. And it's great now to see more women in particular stepping up to that, isn't it? And if we look back at Naomi Osaka, um, we've got the gymnastics team, we've got, you know, Dina Asher-Smith and, and people within these spaces saying that, you know, enough is enough and mm -hmm. using their platforms to now speak up about their experiences and, and, as you say, create that change. But, yeah, it comes from a level of, I guess, internal confidence and resilience, as well as, as you say, maybe some external privileges. And there are a lot of people who you know, might not have the ability to stand up because maybe it's too traumatic or it's too raw or, you know, they haven't had that backing throughout their life to maybe give them the confidence and certain remarks made to them, you know, really could put them off engaging in those spaces. And you've mentioned some of the incredible organisations, you know, Black Trail Runners, um, Omi from We, the Wild Swimming Group. You've got, you know, Eden and people looking at the transgender mm -hmm. yeah. swimming spaces, queer runnings, loads of different groups. And, you know, people are saying what whenever they post, I still see that backlash. I still see the, the comments coming up saying, why are you creating these specific groups for these communities? Why can't it just be everybody? Why are you making such a big deal about it? And mm -hmm. it, I think you know, it comes from a lot of different reasons, doesn't it? Lack of understanding and internalised bias and privilege, etc. cetera. Um, but as you mentioned, it is so important to step up and, and create those opportunities and spaces um so moving on a little bit towards your your other skills and interests you know looking at your writing for example you won the uh, the sustainable storyteller this year mm. 2021 so it was um it was actually last year um and they gave it 2021 which is great because it means that I can milk it for another year <laughs> <laughs> because it's like launched in um so it was announced in November I think last year um yes that did happen and it blew me away and it was a complete surprise um I didn't apply for it it was something that they approached me about um and told me that I was shortlisted and it came at a weird time because I had actually 
I'd lost myself a bit, like my creative self, I felt. Um, I'd spent a lot of time working and um, working on other projects and doing a lot of freelance writing and writing specific things for specific people and really tailoring my work to what was needed in order to get paid for that work. And so I made a conscious decision that I wasn't going to do that anymore um, or I wasn't going to do it as much. And I was going to create a space online that was like my space where I just talked about what I wanted to talk about. And I wasn't going to structure it in any particular way. I was just going to write what I wanted and um, just do it to make me happy. And actually, I really enjoyed that process. And um, that is the writing that is what they gave me the award for, which is incredible but also gave me a massive amount of imposter syndrome because I was like but this is not what proper travel writers do <laughs> I'm not a proper travel writer um and um so that was an interesting process but um yeah incredible amazing and so such an exciting time um I am looking at doubling back down actually on my writing over the next few months because I feel like with everything that's been going on, I've been neglecting it um, quite a lot. Uh, but it is like a ha really happy space for me when I get to write and I don't have a have an agenda, really. It's just to write to mm -hmm. say what I'm thinking. <laughs> Would you ever consider writing a book? Um, somebody else asked me this recently and I was like, do you really want a book of all of my writing? Like, I feel like that would be <laughs> a lot. Um, Yes, I would consider writing a book, but I haven't. Um, I mean, I've had I used to do a lot of creative writing. So over the years, I had a lot of um, kind of like outlines and I'd started writing um, like more creative writing books. But actually, I think that there is uh, there are a lot of different things that are nonfiction that I would really be interested to really delve into. But it's not. It's not something I've thought about in a lot of detail, which you can probably tell. <laughs> <laughs> well, I really enjoy your your long posts and and the articles that you write and the, the language and the words that you bring to social media. Because sometimes it can be quite difficult, can't it, within Instagram? And it's a very photo-based platform. We know that the algorithm, you know, promotes yachts and bikinis and face filters and you know this living your best life type mm -hmm. and selfies and I know you mentioned earlier you know selfies isn't something you sort of felt too confident in in putting out there on mm -hmm. social media um that you know it feels a bit icky sometimes when you you go to sort of turn the camera on yourself maybe that's you know a good thing you've got Rory you can take a, a picture <laughs> of him in the outdoors <laughs> instead um but I'm, I'm just really interested in, you know, that that personal relationship that you have with with the outdoors in terms of your mental health and also that kind of mind, body, nature connection. Mm. Yeah, so it's um, it's an interesting thing because I do find um, that sharing. So actually, I posted something today or shared a shared a story today, which was basically saying your whole world doesn't need to be online. You don't need to be comparing yourself to everybody all the time. Um, you know, you can live a life. You can live a very happy life 
in the silence of not having people shouting at you you should look like this you should do this you should um be in these spaces and um I actually had a really interesting thing that I was talking to um Phil who I did uh the Outsider Summit with but I also um he was also on the Finisterre shoot that I did recently and we were talking about the photos and um the guy who took the photos David um took some really lovely photos and they're beautiful and he asked me to look at them and see if I was okay with them and I had this like thing in my head where I I was like I can't say it's almost like my brain has switched a bit and it's not always like this so I'm not like a martyr to like being able to do this like I'm not I'm not perfect um but I looked at them and I thought yeah okay so I don't look like pretty or like traditionally pretty or glamorous in like a lot of these shots but that's me and my body right that's me in that space and I am an advocate for um loving yourself as you are and like being grateful for your body and the fact that it can do things and that it can take you to these spaces and you can navigate and do these amazing things so I looked at the um I looked at them and I was like yeah that's that's fine like what sort of person would I be if I'm operating and this is like one of the challenges with being um putting yourself out there Mm. and sticking your like it's not stick in the ground. What is it that you stick in the ground when you're like putting your? Oh your, yeah, putting it's like putting your marker on the. Yeah. Yeah, you um, you know what I mean, don't you? Like stake. Yeah. Putting your stake, stake in the ground. <laughs> <laughs> it's like words. You can tell I'm a writer, not a speaker. Um, <laughs> so you put your stake in the ground and um, say, I am about uh, women's empowerment. I'm about people loving themselves. Mm-hmm. I'm about people being beautiful, how, like no matter what their body type is, no matter like anything about physical features. Um, I'm about, uh, you know, holding space. Like this is, this is what this is about and seeing different, different types of people um, in like in these mainstream media, working with brands, doing these different things. And so um, I was like, even if I hated one of the photos, I could never be like, don't use that photo because (laughs) it just goes completely against like everything that I'm talking about. Like you have to stand by your values. And my values are that I don't need to be a model to be taking part in these things. I don't need to be a model to be working in these spaces. Um, But that's a process, right? and you know we don't and so that's that's a that's like one side of it when I'm talking about like mental health and sharing and being in nature and like body connection and all of those sorts of things to me are all about being comfortable and um being I I mean I did a good thing in that for myself in the the very first selfies I was sharing of myself were me in the outdoors without makeup on um like fuzzy hair windswept like that's what people expect from me I haven't put myself out there as like glamorous like you're gonna see me in like ball, ball yeah. gowns I mean you might but you're, you're not <laughs> gonna expect that from me and therefore I haven't set an impossible bar for myself and I think that is one of the things is like I if I had done that early I think I would have felt like I had to keep posting pretty pictures I had to keep but that wouldn't be me because I don't really wear much makeup like I like special event maybe 
like I'm wearing mascara today literally because we're doing this interview but normally I wouldn't wear any um so it's it's about being authentic to yourself and being comfortable in that authenticity I guess and that's where you can find a bit more comfort in the mental health side of side of things I don't know yeah yeah definitely and you are right it is a process and I feel like I've very much curated my social media online you know, presence and the people that I engage with and follow to be mm. you know very similar to me so you are then not presented I mean obviously it still pops up if you if you sort of search for it. it's not long before a suggested you know person or post is is very curated and it's easy to kind of go down that that rabbit mm. hole um and interesting you talk about comparison there on world mental health day I did a a post on my personal page about comparison and this how we've moved from you know as humans comparison was good if we think about it from a survival and a you know developmental point of view as species we've kind of evolved to we need to know people's strengths and abilities don't we you know there was people who were strong and who would go out and hunt and had those skills and abilities there were others who you know had had more tactical awareness or could build or could you know cook and gather things and you you learn how to behave within your social structure by modeling you know your behaviors from those people around you wouldn't you in the communities and then you know at school you sort of learn that and I didn't grow up with social media thankfully you know my primary and secondary really it wasn't until university years where I've actually engaged with social media and then suddenly you've got the whole world to kind of model and compare yourself to so it's no wonder is it that we've we've gone from feeling quite happy and positive with our social comparison where we've we've probably felt a bit of motivation by people in our group who have gone off and and done these things and we've thought oh well if they can do it I can do it which I think is good yeah. in terms of social comparison like you know if I compare myself to a friend of mine who I see is quite similar and they you know, go outdoors or do something, I can think, well, well, I know that, you know, we're similar. So I believe that I can do it. So it can be helpful. But then on the other hand, you know, if I'm comparing myself to some really famous celebrity with a private jet and all this money and um, all these face filters and surgeries and clothing and whatever, then subconsciously you're going to think, hang on a minute I don't look like that why why are my teeth not as straight as that what you know whatever it might mm-hmm. be and, and you might not even realize it but you are picking up on those comparisons aren't you and then and that's going to affect definitely your your mental health um so in terms of exercise and movement you obviously spend time in the outdoors and you you mentioned earlier that exercise is something that you now prioritize for your mm-hmm. mental health so what you know what type of exercise do you like to do now and and how do you how do you structure your exercise is it something that you you know block time out for during the day to make sure that you do it or mm. so my relationship with exercise has changed quite a lot over the years and though what I have previously found is that if it is I am much better at it being an activity so horse riding right or um I climbed for a really long time I mean I still 
I still would climb, but like with COVID and then everything else is just uh, very interrupted. Um, and so I have gone in and out of the gym for other times. I've done home workouts. I've pretty much done everything. Like I've done, when you invited me to do this interview, um, I was like, oh, I don't know if I have much to say about exercise. And then I was like, oh my God, it's been such an important part of my life for like my whole life. It's, uh, it, I do actually have quite a lot to say. Um, but what I do at the moment is I actually, uh, at the end of last year, I joined um, CrossFit, my local CrossFit box and um so as well as doing uh walking like I walk the dog every day um in different spaces and different different terrains and all sorts of things which is good for him as well because he's an he's an older dog so making sure that he's still going up and down hills and through sand and all sorts of mud and everything is like really great for him mm -hmm. and keeping him active and um going as well as it's great for me great for me um I also take my bike out so um I will do that um on and off depending on um what my schedule looks like but I try to go to CrossFit uh three times a week I go in the morning um because although I've never I'm a much more actively morning person than I am evening and if I go all day and then try and go in the evening <laughs> <laughs> then I get to like 6 30 I'm like I really don't want to go out now <laughs> whereas if I get up at yeah. like quarter to six or something um I don't have time to even consider it I just like get off get get dressed put your trainers on get there and then you're almost done before the day's even started so yeah I go at um Mondays Wednesdays Fridays normally seven in the morning seven till eight come back shower get on with my day and it makes me feel so much better. And what a lot of people don't realize about CrossFit, like obviously CrossFit people know this, but a lot of people don't realize about CrossFit is the idea is it makes you more functionally capable to do lots of other things. So it is a all around fitness training that would mean that if I decided to go out for a bike ride, I would be fitter and more able to do that bike ride. Or I wanted to go climb a mountain I would be fitter and more capable to climb that mountain or just move, like help my mum move. Like I'm more capable of lifting boxes and doing those sorts of things. So I know it's a bit of a cult, <laughs> but I don't mind that. Um, <laughs> I, I think sometimes it's the thing you need, especially if you're out of a habit to get back into a habit is something that is a bit, bit more cult-like and a bit more um, community-based and is very much like, you know, the, the guy who runs the session is going to notice if I don't turn up, um, Jimmy, he's going to be marking it on his, like, I remember I didn't go for a couple of weeks and, uh, I turned up and I went, did the session. And at the end of the session, it's so like subtle. He was like, um, so I'm going to see you on Wednesday. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yes. <laughs> um, so yeah, but when I used to work freelance, I used to go to the gym in the afternoon and that was like my thing. So it's like, it's finding the way that fits it into the routine, right? So I'd work the morning, I'd walk the dog, and then I go to the gym straight after walking the dog. Like for me, it's really important to have a rhythm. Yeah. Otherwise weeks can go past. And I suddenly realize that I haven't done anything that's more exercise based um, mm -hmm. because walking the dog doesn't, doesn't, um, for me and this is like managing um my fitness and my weight and like all of those sorts of things is around uh walking the dog doesn't do it for me like because my body is used to walking the dog 
like if I stopped walking the dog then I would lose fitness really quickly because I wouldn't be doing it but it's not something that helps me maintain like strength it's just Mm -hmm. like a baseline um so I need to do something that is more than that whether that's climbing or riding or crossfit so Mm. or spin I used to do spin but Mm -hmm. yeah I'm exactly the same and by sounds of it had maybe quite a similar um experience as a child and then growing up in terms of always outdoors Mm -hmm. climbing did climbing did adventure sports um was out on my bike so you know was walking movement and activity was very much embedded in my life it was the norm and then structured exercise was again something that I did from being extremely young Mm. whether that would be school sports or after school clubs and joining sports teams. So for me, exercise was never used initially to, you know, change my body, to count calories as a punishment or whatever. For me, movement was normal. Engaging in structured sport or exercise was also just normal. It was community. It's where all my friends have come from pretty much. And and I just thought that was what everybody did. And then you, you sort of grow up and then, you realise that, oh, not everybody thinks that way or not everybody's had those same experiences. And then you join a gym. And, and I try and get my head around it that, you know, if if I hadn't had that modelled or that experience as a, as a child, then, you know, imagine getting to your 20s and someone being like, um, you know, this is a gym. And you walk into a gym and you'd be like, what is everybody doing? Like, you know, what is this? Like... It's quite a bizarre concept, isn't it, in, mm-hmm. in some ways? And now I think it's it's really changed. But, you know, the, it's no wonder that people go down that road of um, disordered exercise and, and using exercise almost as a punishment or, you know, to, to really change their body in a, in a negative way. Um, but, I, you know, I like what you say about the community. And I did CrossFit for a little while in the UK. And, yeah, it is a little bit culty. Um, and... And I think, but I think if you get the right box and the right group of people, it's also extremely supportive and a lot of fun. Well, they are like CrossFit people. I have um, never met such nice people who just seem to be like high on life. And Mm. I do think you're right. I think it does vary. Like I've heard stories from other boxes and there are different, you know, everywhere has its own different vibe about it. But generally speaking, CrossFit people are just so happy to be around, so like joyous to be exercising early in the morning. And I'm like, oh, God, please just give me five minutes. Um, But like sparky, friendly, want to help you out, want to cheer you on, want to get you involved. And I think that is like really the power, the power of CrossFit, right? Because it's pretty intense. Like it's not it's not for like I am the slowest and the weakest. I know that. And I lean into that in very much like I haven't been doing it very long. Um, I like being a beginner anyway, because I feel like it's more engaging, like you learn more, you've got like loads of things going on. But um, I, I think CrossFit can become a thing where you become very competitive with other people, like it is designed in a structure that means that you can do that, because you log what you're doing, and you can see what other people are doing, 
within your group and like within your box and all of that sort of thing um but for me it's a competition with myself like how much stronger can Mm -hmm. I get how how much further can I go how far can I push myself because it is out of my comfort zone I hate cardio like I'm okay at the strength stuff but the cardio stuff I'm just like please don't make me do this anymore I could be at home eating pizza why am I here so it's it's one of those things where it's um I feel like this across actually everything we've talked about is there is a lot of self-management. You can't just dive into any of these things and just go with it, right? Use of social media and sharing, that has to be controlled by you. Who you follow is something which is well within your power. What you share is well within your power, but you have to make a concerted effort and decision on that. Um, You join a CrossFit gym, you have to make a decision of what this is for you, what you want to get from it, how you're going to operate within that space. And you have that power. You don't, like, no one cares. They're they're not going home and thinking about what you did in CrossFit that day. Like, nobody, nobody cares. Um, They're not going home being like, Sarah was so slow. She was like three rows, like three (laughs) rounds behind us. No one cares. Um, And I think that's the same across any outdoor activity or any activity in general, right? I don't take my bike out to be the quickest. Um, I read actually um, Jog On, which I think is by Bella Mackey. And that was a really interesting book about running in that it changed like, what I was thinking I hate running I don't go running so it didn't inspire me to run in that way because I just don't run but um she was talking about how she would go running to somewhere in London and when she saw something interesting she'd just stop and look at it Mm. and be like isn't that amazing like look at that pond look at that building look at this place that I've never been before rather than being like oh my God, my Garmin says that I'm, I've now been like so slow and I really need to like go quicker yeah. and I need to be somewhere at a particular place at a particular time, right? And even walking can be like that. Like how far did I go? How many steps did I yeah. do? Like where did I? And as soon as you start getting in that cycle, it's really, really difficult to like claw it back and be like, no, what is it that I am trying to get from this? Because that it should be about that and not like, whether my friend did 25,000 steps yesterday and I only did 10,000 or, you know, whatever it might be that is your comparison, or I only got that many likes. Like I turned my likes off. um, So I've got that thing now where you hide your likes. Oh, yeah. And when you hide your likes, and you can also choose in the back end so that everyone else's are hidden. So that when you look at your Instagram feed, it just says somebody liked it and others. And it won't tell you how many people liked the posts and you can still see how many people liked your posts if you go into them. But, um, but it's not showing other people. Um, I mean, it is on the, I think it still does on the computer, but on the app, other people can only see it says blah, blah, blah. And others. And that takes the pressure off, right? Because you're not worried about whether your post gets lots of likes because other like, and whether other people will look at it and be like, Oh my God, she only got many likes. How embarrassing. Um, yeah exactly and you also don't have any comparison because you don't know how many likes anything else got because you've switched them off and that is for me a really important part of managing my mental health in terms of using social media um like that's just something that works for me it's not for everyone but it's something Mm. that makes me feel better about it so all of these things are within our control and yeah I think it's like part of it is taking the time to take a bit of a step back and taking ownership Mm. of it and saying okay, what is this for me? Right, yeah, I couldn't agree anymore because 
that mindful approach, as you mentioned, to everything in our life, whether it's mindful eating, mindful movement, mindful social media use, you know, yeah. mindful about our relationships, what we're saying yes to, what you know, when to say no, taking that step back, as you say, and being like, why am I doing this? What is what is actually the best strategy for me? What do I want to get out of it? Because I feel like we're almost going down the road of whether it's social media, exercise or food, of people being like um, very black and white in their thinking and very much like, oh, you know, CrossFit's terrible or, you know, this fitness trend's awful. Spinning instructors are all mean and, you know, sadists and they just want to portray this message of going hard and going home and never miss a Monday workout and well we need to be moving intuitively and we should be um, taking this approach to exercise instead but it's like if you're not in that camp then you have to be in the other camp and if you don't agree 100% with what I'm saying then you're not with me like you're against me and like what I think about exercise and movement could be very different to you. We might have different approaches and like, and that's okay. Um, But I feel like we're not allowing people the space or the opportunity to kind of work out what is right for them. And we're just telling them what they should be thinking. And, And even if people are doing it from a place of trying to help, it can actually also be harmful. Yeah. Well, you get bombarded don't you it's like you get bombarded with different things all the time and it's like no it's this thing no it's this thing like it's especially prevalent within diet culture but it is still Mm -hmm. like especially with different people launching different exercise apps and like all these like different approaches to like doing things um and I think the thing is is that it just turns people off from it entirely like because you fall down a hole and you're like no this isn't the right one I'm not supposed to be doing, or I'll do this for a short period of time and then be like, oh my God, but it doesn't seem to be like working for whatever it is that you're like most of the time playing on the idea that it's body image, right? That's like, that's how it's sold. It's not like generally sold as um, let, like some of it, like let's be healthier, but within Mm. the framework of let's be healthier as in let's lose weight. Like, not necessarily like let's be a healthier person let's be more functionally able to do these things let's um let's be able to navigate in these spaces in a in a happier healthy way um mentally and physically because we've like taken the time to work out what's right for us and you know some things are just not going to work for different people i mean i um i used to i used to teach climbing and um Lots of people love climbing. I mean, I was a ab- massive adv- advocate for climbing. Like, I think it's great. But there would be like, there was a guy who came one day and he was quite, he was already quite, um, quite fit. He obviously did a lot of uh, like activities anyway. I don't know. I didn't really, I, I probably asked him, but I can't really remember. But he um, was really able to climb really well, really quickly. And he just didn't get it. He literally would climb up, come down, and he was like, "Do people enjoy doing this?" And <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what is like what's yeah. the point, right? 
and climbing wasn't for him and he was a he was a physically fit mm. person but he just didn't get he wasn't getting what he needed which for him was obviously a challenge and whether that challenge was more of a mental mm. challenge or whether it was more of a physical challenge like it just was not his thing and i just didn't even know what to say to him apart from like it's probably not your activity like you're just <laughs> i can tell you now that's not this is not your vibe because that's not what i get when i climb <laughs> yeah um yeah so it's like selling things to people and saying it's for everyone and actually you know everyone can have a go and i mm. i would massively advocate that advocate that like definitely have a go even if you think you're not going to enjoy it i'm scared of heights i became a climbing instructor like it is like mm. there are th different things about different activities that you don't realize until you try because when we took people climbing the outsider summit um someone said to me i can't remember who it was but they said to me after coming down off the wall oh this is far more enjoyable than it looks <laughs> <laughs> and i was like yes it is because why would you go inside to a slightly like darkened warehouse normally and like you've got like plastic holes on the wall that look like they're designed for kids and mm. um, you're like go up those plastic holes and then come down again like it, it doesn't really sell it as being like an exciting experience, but the experience of climbing, which you also know as a climber, is problem solving and yes. like pushing your pushing your limits to like what you think you can do um, and also working out for yourself. So I don't um, there's a there's a movement in climbing, which is called um, smearing, where you put your foot against the wall and you like like walk up the wall. And um, I'm doing I'm doing that for the benefit of people who don't know climbing rather than for you. <laughs> um and I don't do that because my ankles just don't bend that way like I can't mm -hmm. sit I'm also not flexible so like part of the interest for climbing for me is not being able to climb routes like other people can climb them and therefore working mm -hmm. out for myself the best way to get up the route like it's the problem solving so that's got nothing to do really about strength or physical ability that's got to do with what it's doing for my brain and the fact that when I'm doing that, I can't think about anything else apart from how am I going to get to that next hold? Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's an interesting, it's just so interesting. <laughs> yeah. You're fully immersed in that moment, aren't you? And you are just embracing your body and your unique skills and abilities. But I think we're, like you said, we're in, we're going down a path somewhat in some spaces where we're trying to get everybody to fit that certain mold and like you say if you don't if you don't feel a certain way or you know in order to be a cyclist or um, participate in yoga or be a climber whatever it might be you have to look act and move in that way and it's just not true like we can we can adapt movements and and skills within those activities can't we well, and also this idea that if you're doing something, you're doing it to become like the best at it is like mm. something which I find like really damaging, right? Oh, okay. You've taken up cycling. When's your first race? Like how, yes. what's the furthest you've cycled? Like when yes. oh, you, you enjoy cycling, are you going to try triathlons? Because triathlons are amazing. Yeah. Maybe you should do that. Like there is like this idea the whole time that you can't just enjoy an activity for the sake of it being activity or exercise. There just has to be like a further, like otherwise what's the point? Oh, right. You do yoga. Yeah. But if you don't, if you can't like stand on your head, like why are you mm -hmm. bothering? 
like and if you can't post it on Instagram like did it actually happen like that sort of attitude which I think is just so incredibly sad and wrong because there are so many different ways to experience these activities and I guess for me that's what adding nature into them really helps with because you can use those activities to get further into nature and so the goal is not how fast you get there it's going to this beautiful place and experiencing this amazing thing or it's not like you don't have to walk the furthest but you can use walking to get to like a particular location or to do a particular thing um yeah without it needing to suddenly become like this crazy competitive like your body has to look a certain way you need to act a certain way you need to know all the language around it um and you then need to also be aiming to be in the olympics like i'm never going to be yeah. able to do most of the stuff that we do in crossfit right i'm never going to be able to like ha- like realistically if i can do this then i will be so shocked but i'm never going to be able to handstand walk for 10 meters like which is one of the yeah. crossfit things right no mm-hmm. never going to be able to do that but that's okay i don't mind Mm-hmm. it's hilarious to like do the stages to try it's fun to put yourself out of your comfort zone and to see other people be able to do it but know that you're better at something else like it's it's fine it doesn't matter and I think that's the scary thing about exercise becoming this like weird competitive sport like oh you're a runner have you done a marathon like oh, have you done an ultra marathon mm-hmm. I don't I I I just don't subscribe to it. I think it's um I think it's it's another version of your body should look this way. You should be working harder to be this person and be this perception or like you should everyone should be like carbon copies of each other who are excellent at everything they do. Like it's just no. I can think of far better things to be doing with my time than running for like full days to train for an ultra marathon because ultra marathons are definitely not my thing. If it's your thing, that's amazing. And like you go for it, but don't feel like you have to just because everyone else is pushing the boundaries and trying to do that. No. Yeah. I must admit when I watched Tokyo 2020 and the speed climbing, I was highly entertained by how quickly (laughs) they got up. Um, but speed climbing is mad because they all climb the same route it's been the same route since they set it which is just like bonkers I don't understand that either like for me and that's why it's for different things for different people right because as I said earlier climbing for me is the problem solving if you're just doing the same route for years and years and years as quickly as possible that doesn't do anything for me but for them they love it so you know let people do their thing and then we can watch them and be like, what is going on here? Like, how do they even do that? How do they stay on the wall? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Spider-Man, isn't it? Because I was about to say, I was watching A League of Their Own and they had one of the British climbers, speed climbers, doing it for one of the challenges. And then obviously ah. the, the panellists had to do it. It's like Jamie Redknapp yeah. was then doing it and basically he got like a 20-second head start or something. And then obviously the speed climber came up and... I was talking about it. I was like, but he knows the exact route. He knows, you know, where to put his feet mm-hmm. and like Jamie's, you know, doing it. And I'm thinking I've got more, you know, I think Jamie's doing a better job in my opinion yeah. because he's he's learning, he's trying. It's, as you say, it's more about the what can you do, being mindful, what can you learn about your body in that 
mm. instance. And we've kind of, as you say, got to that point in sport and exercise and movement where we're treating it as a finite thing. It's just another, it's like a video game. It's something to be completed. Yeah. It's like about getting a top score. It's, you know, all these like Strava challenges and we saw through the pandemic Mm-hmm. obviously moving more to virtual types of exercise had its benefits and there are a group of individuals across the world who maybe can't access the outdoors due to chronic illnesses other mm-hmm. conditions where maybe bringing exercise indoors and offering those virtual training options is a really good idea and you know I've I've sat on my you know, I've got a road bike so I, you know, I go out cycling but I also have a turbo trainer at home so if it's you know really dusty really really hot or I don't want to drive somewhere I just it's easy I jump on the turbo trainer and you know I do some cycling and it's nice and I enjoy it and I did do some of like the Zwift um, virtual type cycling but then I thought I've got a bit bored of it so now I just you know cycle and I don't really pay attention too much to the wattage or my power or Or anything, mm-hmm. I just think, right, I'm going to sit on for, I don't know, maybe I've got half an hour or 45 minutes. Yeah, so here I go. I sort of just, just cycle. Um, and you do see the benefit of these for elite athletes and for normal people mm-hmm. as well. But I do worry that it's just another way to compete. It's just yeah. another way to get the king of the mountain or the fastest mm-hmm. you know, leg on the Strava challenge, whatever it yeah. might be. And I do wonder if we're now moving away with all these pelotons and virtual mirrors that you can use are we going to lose some of that one connection with nature if you are able to get outdoors and obviously that is a privilege and then two that human connection and interaction Mm, yeah and it's the 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 truth of it which I think is one of the things that I think is the hardest which is probably why I like being a beginner is you're always going to hit a wall. Like the human body can only go so far. It can only get as so strong, like as a person, you can only go so fast. Um, Mm. And so even though the rewards are there when you're like working through and you're building and you're, um, you're new to something and you can keep doing these things at some point that progress is going to like stop. And that is the bit for me where I get, um, I get disillusioned. I get bored. I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't know what the point is. Like, I can't, I can't motivate myself to continue with exercise when that is the way that exercise works. Because for me, I just, if you're motivated by progress, which I am motivated by progress, um, the only way you can actually continue doing that is by joining something new and doing something new, right? Otherwise, you're just going to be at a point where you're going to be fighting your the own the limits of your own body, which is then when you see like problems with people using steroids and like do mm-hmm. taking extreme diets. Like we had the whole um, if you look at the light documentary talking about climbers and um, eating disorders and how it's you get to a certain point and you're like, oh, the reason why I can't climb is because I'm not light enough. Like I need to, I need to lose weight mm. to see more progress in my climbing. Like all of those sorts of things. Um, you know, if you can continue at the top of your game as a healthy person, then that is amazing because you have like a particular personality mm. type that allows you to do that. But I think for a lot of people, they struggle when they hit that like wall. Like how can I 
how can I go? How can I level up? When actually it could be like, well, this is amazing. I can't believe that I climb at this level or I can't believe that I am this fast or I can't believe that this is what I'm doing. Um, yeah. And that's a whole other thing about like not celebrating your successes, right? And just being like, tick, next. <laughs> yes. Yeah. There is that danger, isn't there, where if the only motivator and reason is that external progress, then as you say, you're either going to stop it completely or you're going to engage in something potentially harmful and dangerous in order to continue that progression. And then that's going to lead you down a pretty dark path. And there's, there's obviously, obviously some great people online working in those spaces to try to you know, help people avoid those pitfalls. But again, I think it, a, a lot of it comes down to that self-awareness and taking that step back initially and and starting you know as a as a person just starting to think about more mindfully why are you doing this and is there something internal that you can focus on it bringing you to try to when it is boring when you are plateauing when you're not improving what's going to keep you going there and whether it is that crossfit community you know and jimmy knowing if you're there or not whether it's the friend that you go for a coffee with afterwards yeah. you know yeah. whether it's walking the dog what whatever it is for you that kind of keeps you going um i think is is really important to find out before yeah. you start anything mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it is hard like it's hard like i have had um I've had sessions recently in CrossFit where I've been running and I've seen people lapping me and I've been like, I shouldn't be here. This is not for me. Mm. Like I can't like, and I think everyone has those, has those moments where you're like, and you feel the pressure like, Oh, what could I do outside the sessions to get better? Maybe I can like work on like being faster at running. Maybe I could work at doing these, but the reality is that I, personally want a full and holistic life and I want an exercise regime that I can continue for the rest of my life I don't want I've done it before where I've been climbing six days a week for hours and that's been my whole life or I've been in the gym like every day and that's been my life um and I don't want and then I drop it and then I'm doing nothing and I don't want that for me anymore I want like regular exercise in a sustainable way that I can do that I'm not worried about needing to be there all the time to be at the top of my game and I also have time to do other things that I enjoy and that progress the other areas of my life um and it's taken me a long time to get to that point like I think that's the thing is like it's a it is just a journey and finding out what is important to you and I like you know I think like a lot of women I've had very unhealthy relationships with my body and like how I feel about it and changing that has been a whole process and I joined like we had like a there was a whatsapp group that was like a nutrition whatsapp group that was related to CrossFit that was started during um the uh last lockdown Mm -hmm. and I joined it and there was nothing like particularly um like extreme in it like it was just talking about like swaps you could do and like how you could eat more healthily and like all of those sorts of things and I joined it and I I stayed for about two weeks and I left because I found that for me was incredibly triggering like it was it was 
two, I used to spend so much time worrying about what I was eating, how many calories I was eating, like what my food makeup was. And I finally found myself in a place where I was much happier with food and I just eat what I want to eat. And I try to be mindful about like doing it in moderation and all of those sorts of things and exercising to like, um, to like provide some sort of balance. Um, and I couldn't take it. Like I just couldn't, I started being like, oh my God, how many calories are in this? Oh my God, like yeah. what percentage of your protein? Like, what should I be swapping out? Like, and it just, and I think you don't, I was very pleased with myself because I think I haven't noticed those things previously. This is my first time. I'm like almost, mm. I'm almost 36, right? And this was like a few months ago. And it was the first time that I noticed the change in my brain. Like it was dripping mm. this like poison into my brain about what I should be doing. And I was like, no, I'm out. I can't do this. I need to look after myself. I need to, that's not the life I want for myself. So. That takes a lot of self-awareness, doesn't it? To, to be able, and strength, to be able to step back mm. and recognize that. And you, it's like the frog analogy, isn't it? Where, or a toad, I think you put a toad in, cold water and you slowly turn up the heat the toad won't jump out it doesn't realize the pan is getting hot whereas yeah. you, you stick a toad in boiling water and it jumps straight yeah. out and yeah. and if these messages are they're like subliminal subconscious little yeah. messages that are getting sent to you it can be quite difficult to recognize those signs and you well, can see how quickly people end up in those situations yeah, I was going to say, and also it doesn't even necessarily need to be something like they weren't talking about anything unhealthy. Like this is the thing, right? Mm. It's what your brain does to that messaging. Like mm. there was nothing damaging in what they were sharing, but I was making it damaging in my head. And I think that is something as well, yeah. which is something that is like really interesting because it's the same with different types of exercise and like any any of those sorts of things. It's not necessarily that the messaging is is that way it's that we've been conditioned to hear it in a different way and then so we like twist it to being like oh my god they're all going to be judging me because I'm eating too much food like so yeah um, that little chimp and we could have been in the boat in the same situation in the same group yeah you know and we would have interpreted and felt mm -hmm. And our thoughts and feelings around it would have been completely different. Yeah, um, yeah that, that is a super interesting uh, topic, isn't it? That, that a message, and that comes a lot with with social media as well, and the whole body positivity, exercise, and nutrition. That people are, could be putting up a post, whether it's a picture, whether it's words around those topics, trying to help, but the the interpretation and how we as individuals process those um, messages can actually turn ourselves into a, like a negative emotion, even though the messaging might have been, as you say, quite positive and might have helped other people. Um, so again, it comes back to that that self-awareness. And also, you, know, you mentioned earlier about sustainable practices when it comes to food and movement and not this kind of you know, boom and bust with exercise and it is very easy to as you say you start something and you are going to compare yourself to people in that group you know whether it's a spinning class or crossfit yeah. or climbing and um you, you know maybe you sort of in your head put yourself in a 
in an order, don't you, of where you are within that group, what level you are, who's better than you, who's you know not as good as you, and uh, you you might want to get better to keep up with the group and to have something in common with those people. But you've got to make sure that those changes you're making are not to your detriment and not harmful yeah. to you, and any improvements and progress are of benefit to you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Well, I could honestly talk to you forever about everything that we, <laughs> but I will, uh, I will let you go, um, Soraya. But before, before I do, you have many different presents and um, accounts and places online where people can kind of get involved with you personally or with, with the groups and follow along. So I will, of course, provide these links on YouTube and then also on the podcast platforms but could you just let people know where they can get in touch and if they want to help with all the elements and and anything else how they can contact you yeah so uh my personal channels are Soraya Earth that's on all social media um so Soraya and then Earth as in the planet um and um that's also my website is Soraya.Earth um and then all the elements is all the elements underscore, and that is on Instagram and on Twitter. And we also have a website which is allthelements.co, and you can find all the details that you need to contact us through there. Like we're looking for help in all different areas, and we want all the elements really to be a signpost to all the good things that are happening. So if there's anything that you think we're missing or that we need, like just reach out. And let us know and uh we will we will get to it we're adding things as we go so incredible and thank you so much for your time today and sharing your personal story and you know really going in depth there about your experiences and your thoughts and feelings around movement you know i really do appreciate it and i love all the work you're doing in these spaces so yeah just thank you very much Oh, thank you for inviting me. As I said, I didn't think I had much to say about exercise, but actually uh, it has <laughs> helped that it's like, I feel like it is embedded now into into everything mm. that we do. And so sometimes we don't realise that actually it is a conversation that can be had, even if you're not, you know, doing the Tour de France. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's important to get those experiences from everybody, isn't it? And not just mm. elite athletes and all these people doing these weird and wonderful events and it's great if that's your thing but you know all of us have experiences don't we with exercise and movement exactly exactly then thank you this has been great thank you and I hope yeah it really has I've really enjoyed it and I hope you manage to get some time off before the end of the year (laughs) fingers crossed (laughs) we'll see (laughs) thank you Soraya enjoy the rest of your day you too